Welcome to the Sunday Monday Show, a podcast about being bold in faith, work, and life. I'm your host, Jane Kennedy. Let's get down to business. This is an absolute joy to have you here. I'm so, so excited to talk to you. Thank you for saying yes to being on the podcast. Thank you. This is great. Yes. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. Of course. Okay. So the first question we ask everyone is what was your first job? Yes. So this is a great question. And this is not technically my first job, but it was the first job that I ever actually really interviewed for. Um, and it was at the only, I was a waitress at the only sit down restaurant in um, Kings Island, which is the big amusement park outside of Cincinnati where I'm from. Um, and if you've ever been to an amusement park, you know that most parents on a 98 degree day taking their kids to an expensive amusement park are not pleased to waste two hours at a sit-down restaurant. However, this was also one of the only places that had air conditioning in the whole park. So um, it really, uh, I would say, was a trial by fire for my <laughs> my first job interacting regularly with uh, customers because it was just people were so cranky all the time. You know, everyone was mad that their food was taking so long because obviously if you're spending all this money at this amusement park, you want to be out and about riding rides. Um, Half the people were like soaking wet coming over from the water park. You know, it was just chaos at all times. Um, so yeah, but I worked there for two summers and it was actually great. You know, I think it was a really good, I think everybody should work in a restaurant or in some type, some type of um, service industry job at some point. Cause I just think it's really important to understand how that is. And um, yeah, I think you just learn a lot of valuable lessons from it. So that was my, my first official job. <laughs> I love that. And I totally agree. I worked in a coffee shop and I will never see a coffee shop the same way. Like yes. you just have no idea how crazy it is and how much has to go into everything. And um, totally, I, I think I became much more patient of a patron. Oh, absolutely. I <laughs> yeah. I never, I, I pretty much never get frustrated now because I just know it's certainly not the person's fault. <laughs> yeah. People are usually trying their best. And so yes. we can give them the grace for that. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Amazing. All right. So a little bit of a, a hop, skip and a jump here to where you are today. Um, so can you share just a little bit about kind of who you are, where you're living, what your life looks like um, as we get started? Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, I am, I just turned 26 and I live in Washington, DC. I'm married. I work for a uh, nonprofit that focuses on religious liberty issues. Um, and then I also on the side have a handmade jewelry business that I just run out of my apartment, which I love um, and is my creative outlet. Um, so that's kind of where I am now. I'm from Cincinnati, like I mentioned originally. So I'm a Midwest girl at heart, you know, um, probably end up back there eventually. Um, but yeah, I, I studied French and history in college and I kind of just decided to study what I was interested in. I knew that I didn't want to teach um, and I probably wouldn't use either of those majors directly, um, but it's what I was interested in. It's what I wanted to do. Um, and I'm really glad that I did that. And I guess another just sort of part of what has brought me here is I played the flute my whole life. I was a serious flutist, thought very seriously about going to music school, decided against that. Um, so I like to keep that as big a part of my life as I can these days, though it's a little harder now than it was, um, you know, in college and when I was taking lessons and things like that. But uh, yeah, it's a little bit about me. That is amazing. I knew you were from a musical family, but I didn't know about the flute. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So actually both my parents are professional musicians, um, which is so interesting looking back. Cause obviously at the time, like you don't realize that your parents have a very different sort of working life than the average parent, but you know, we like never went to bed before 1030 cause my dad was always playing concerts and we wanted to see him. And so we had a much more sort of flexible lifestyle growing up. We were also homeschooled in large part because you know, my dad worked in the evening. So if we were at school all day, we would never have gotten to see my dad. Um, so just sort of things like that, that I never really thought about. Um, and, uh, yeah, now just looking back, it's those like funny little things about our schedule and just everything like that. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. So my sister and I, my sister plays violin, I play the flute. Um, my dad's a percussionist in the symphony and my mom's a singer. Um, and, my brothers like took piano lessons when they were little, but they weren't quite as into the music uh, as my sister and I were. But um, yeah, I don't get to play as much as I would like, but uh, I do as much as I can. That's so fun. I played the flute in middle school, so you know. Oh, nice. We're probably <laughs> equally yoked in that. Got it. Um, just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, so cool. Yeah, it is funny thinking about your parents and what you assumed was like a normal kind of, oh, this is what everybody does. But totally. Um, then you start meeting more people and you're like, oh, wait a sec, this is a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Like when my husband and I got married, you know, like my dad, like yelling, like, you're sharp, you're playing sharp. He's like, <laughs> he's like what is going on? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. What a cool, what a cool way to grow up. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. It's amazing. Um, okay, so many things I want to talk to you about because I just adore you. Um, <laughs> so let's start with the jewelry business because, yes. first of all, everything you make is so beautiful. Well, thank um, you. You have a full-time job. You have a whole lot of things going on. So tell us like a little bit about where that came from and kind of what it looks like in your life now. Yeah, totally. Um, so I think my experience was different than a lot of people who decide to launch a creative side hustle of some kind because basically how it started was so my husband and i got married in the fall of 2019 and we moved to dc right after that um but and he already had a job but i was kind of just busy with planning our wedding and you know i was like all right i'm gonna just find a job once we've moved so when we first moved here i had a lot of time on my hands um and so i actually just sort of started this like diy craft instagram that i didn't I just was doing it totally for fun. I didn't really have any intentions for it. Um, and then my sister asked for a pair of clay earrings for her birthday. And actually at that point, I hadn't really seen people wearing them. Um, so I looked it up and then, you know, again, I had all this free time. So I was like, oh, I'll just try to make those, see if I can make them for her. Um, so that's kind of how it got started. I, I made a few pairs for her for her birthday and then I just posted them on my Instagram. And then people kind of started asking to buy them. And at first I was like, oh, just pay for shipping. I'll send you some. And then that kind of quickly, I realized, <laughs> oh, this is maybe not, maybe not sustainable. Um, so yeah, so then I, I think maybe a couple of months later, I did my first, I, I basically have done it in, because I have a full-time job, you know, I can't always be making earrings if I have a lot of stuff going on at work. I'm not you know, like coming up with new designs all the time. So what's worked really well for me is doing them as what I call drops, which, you know, a lot of small businesses use that model, but um, basically making a bunch of pairs, selling them all at once. And then when they're sold out, they're gone. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so I was just doing that on Instagram for a while. And kind of every time I did one, I, I kept thinking like, oh, you know, probably this time it's, you know, not going to sell out. People are going to be kind of moving on from this. Um, but it didn't happen. And it just kind of kept going along and it was great and fun. And um, so then from there, I kind of expanded from the clay earrings into using more pearls. And then now lately I've been doing more, um, you know, stones and things like that, incorporating that into my jewelry. Um, and that's been great because with the clay, it's so unique that it's really hard to make pairs look the same. Um, so like, it was just really challenging to restock earrings. It was pretty much like, okay, once these sell out, I can't really make them again. Um, and so then that just made it hard. Cause then I was always having to come up with new designs. And, you know, then if I, if I didn't have time to do that, I just basically couldn't make anything. So anyways, that's kind of how I got going. So then eventually, um, I think it was maybe about two years ago, I transitioned from just selling on Instagram to having an actual website. Um, and then actually this winter, I did my first in-person market, which was so fun. Um, so cool. It was like the best day. It was so much fun. I just loved actually getting to talk to people and tell them about my stuff. And, you know, it, it was also fun because there were a few people who like I'd shipped earrings to a bunch of times that I got to meet. So it was just really lovely. Wow. So that kind of, I'm really excited for this coming summer because I really want to do more of that. Yeah. That's always so cool. I love walking through, um, like Eastern market and yes. like getting to see people's jewelry and yeah, it's, I think it creates kind of a, yeah, a relationship with people who really like totally. the art you're making. And it, I think it's probably really rewarding for you. Cause you're like, yeah, hey, this is so cool. I get to see someone who, um, you know, has given this like a place in their life, which is really right. special. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just, I mean, it's so fun every time, you know, especially when people, you know, ask for custom earrings for their wedding and they get them for their whole bridal party. Like that is so fun and special. And then I had a couple girls who wore them for um, like newborn photo shoots this year. And it is, it's really special. Like you feel like in this little tiny way, you're a part of the day and a part of the celebration. And yeah, it's just really, really lovely. Oh, that is so fun. Oh, so cool. Yeah. I love your, I love your earrings. And every time there's a new, there's a new round, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. I need them. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, it's very fun. <laughs> yeah. And it's nice, I think, to also give yourself a, a creative outlet, because I do think that, especially in DC, I mean, in the places, a lot of people who listen to this live, like there's such a culture of like, you know, focusing totally on what your career is and what you need to be doing. It's like, totally. well, this probably makes you a better employee because you have oh, yeah. a creative outlet. It makes you, you know, I don't know. It gives you like dimension to your life, which is so important. Absolutely. And I also think there's something to be said for, um, an endeavor that is for you, which I know sounds sort of selfish, but it's like when I'm making earrings, this is just, it's just sort of my thing. And like, I have control over the timing of it. If I'm super busy and I don't have time to make a lot of earrings, that's under my control. Um, and I think it just, yeah, it's, it's this awesome creative outlet. It's something that I, it doesn't cause me stress because I'm able to make it work with how my life is going at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like, I'm just one of those people where when I get an idea, that's kind of all I can think about. And so, um, it's been good that I'm able to kind of do that more with jewelry instead of like, oh, time to rearrange the living room again, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a little Furniture in the hall again. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, I feel I feel that way too with the Sunday Monday in a lot of ways of just I've been off of social media for like I don't know, maybe two or three months at this point. Good for and you. It's kind of thank you. It's it's been good for the most part. I'm very much enjoying having no idea what's going on. But <laughs> um yeah, it's it's kind of been like, all right, that's like not the place I need to be right now. But mm-hmm. I've been able to do more podcasts, which yeah. I find to be super life giving. Um Your social media is awesome lately. FYI. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, like that's a, like a little easier for me at the moment to be doing than like going on social media all the time. So yes. I think that like being able to do something that is a creative endeavor, but you also have c- kind of control over and like, you're not necessarily needing to like answer to people. Like, I don't know if people are upset. I'm on Instagram, probably no one's noticed. And <laughs> I, again, wouldn't even know cause I'm not there, but, um, but yeah, that's really cool. And it's nice to have that. Um, yeah. Like an area to be creative. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it uses a different part of your brain. I mean, depending on what your work is like, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's just important, too. It's just, yeah, it's just been so cool to to watch that grow. And you work on that. Um, But there's also been a lot of other things going on in your life in the last (laughs) few years, um, which is a bit of an understatement. So I know you've been through a lot with your health. um, And yeah, we'd just love to hear a little bit about kind of like what you've been going through and what that's looked like for you. yeah, in your life over the past couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So actually almost exactly a year ago, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, which in hindsight now I know is super treatable. Um, you know, because you can live without your thyroid, they can just take your whole thyroid out. And then there's actually this really cool type of radiation that they do because your thyroid absorbs iodine. Um, they basically just give you radioactive iodine and then all the cells in your, all the thyroid cells remaining in your body absorb the iodine and die. So it's super effective. Um, and honestly not insanely invasive, obviously it's a, it's a big surgery, but, um, following that, you know, it's, it's pretty much no one dies from thyroid cancer basically is the bottom line. Um, but of course at the time it was super scary. It was still a lot to go through. Um, and I think, I don't know if, (laughs) I think there was a law passed a few years ago where basically like you have to get your health records at the same time as your physician, um, which in some cases is great, but what ended up happening for me is I just got my diagnosis via email at work, um, on like a random Wednesday. And, you know, I kind of knew that this was probably coming because I had had all these tests done and like had gotten some concerning results, but it was still super jarring, obviously, to just get this email like in the middle of the workday. Um, and then, you know, I couldn't get a hold of my doctor for three days or something because usually they would just call you when they can after they get the results. Um, so it was just kind of a scary start to the process where I felt like I couldn't like get in touch with anyone who could tell me what was going on. Like, obviously the internet is a dangerous place to learn about these things. So I was like trying to avoid that as much as possible. Um, So anyways, yeah. So then I had surgery like less than two weeks later um, where they removed my thyroid, which praise God went very smoothly because there's a lot of things that can go wrong with that surgery, but mine was great. Um, The recovery was not horrible. And then, um, I guess about two months after that, I had the radiation, which is a super weird thing because, because you stay radioactive, you have to be isolated for a week. Um, so that's just super strange experience. You know, you have to like 
change your sheets every day and you have to like quarantine your stuff when you're done being radioactive and all this kind of thing. Um, so it was just sort of a weird and obviously very difficult experience. Um, but I think the hardest thing for me, and this is probably something that a lot of people could relate to, is that I had a really hard time just determining how to share this with people and just how to act about it because obviously I felt a lot of, you know, like this was not most people's cancer experience. I never had to do chemo. Like most people who have cancer have a much more um, difficult experience, obviously. And there's a, there's much more worry involved than there was in my, in my case. Um, and so I think I didn't know how to tell people because when you tell someone you have cancer at 25, it's just like, there's obviously all of these assumptions that come along with that. Um, and so I ended up just like not really telling that many people, which was fine. Um, but I think it also, it's one of those things that like, <laughs> when you do tell someone something like this, then you find out that they're going through something similar or, you know, they, they have that type of experience too. Um, and the people that did know were so supportive and so helpful. And so I think I, I wish that I wasn't so, I wish that I hadn't felt so guilty that like I had the sort of easy cancer. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like it was still hard. And obviously there's still implications for the rest of my life from having any kind of cancer at 25, though, praise God, like nothing compared to most cancers. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was a very, um, it was just sort of a strange experience because I, I knew I wasn't going to die. I didn't know how to tell people I'm not going to die, but this is still hard. Um, and so I think that that's something that I, I could have, I could have communicated better. And, and even to my family, like, I think, I think everyone around me kind of thought like, Oh, she's fine, you know, and she's handling this fine and she seems fine. And I didn't really know how to say, yeah, I don't want to scare anyone, but this is still challenging for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. And then, you know, I, I was still working, still doing the jewelry. Um, so, you know, there was just a lot going on and, you know, praise God, like everything has turned out great. I'm healthy now. And really there's not that much now that I'm still dealing with other than like, you know, having to figure out my like thyroid replacement hormone situation and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what, what happened. Um, but yeah, in terms of juggling work and the jewelry and the health stuff, I think really it was just like, I could have let more people in to what I was going through um, because the people that did know were awesome and like helped take the load off in a lot of ways. People brought us meals, my parents came down and um, were here for the surgery and, and all of that. Um, so yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing all of that. Um... I think that that experience of comparative suffering hits a lot of people in a lot of different ways, right? Because yes. yes, you know, praise God, thyroid cancer has a very high survival rate, but it was still cancer at 25. Right. Like it's, it's your first totally God willing only experience yes. of cancer. Right. So I, I totally, I feel like I have a similar reaction to you a lot of the time when I'm going through something difficult, I'm like, but it's only this, like, it's not right, that big of a right. deal. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And that can 
honestly make it worse because totally people who want to support you feel like okay she doesn't want to talk about it they're yep. fine it's good it's fine and you're like but actually like you're like i, I need do someone need... to notice uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, i'm actually not totally great um, yes but it's really dangerous and i think you know i can i can understand that right because you don't want you don't want people to worry and then you also don't want right. to have people around you who are like having a really hard time because they don't know how to support you so then you're like kind right. of trying to totally. make them feel they're okay like it, yeah it's, i can't imagine like there's it's so complicated. Right. Yeah. And I think if you are that type of person who wants everybody around you to, to be fine, which I definitely am, I think I did a lot of like a lot of damage control, making sure that everyone else was okay, which was just totally emotionally exhausting for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think you really have to fight that urge (laughs) when you are that type of person, because it's something that like, that's just going to be your natural reaction every single time. And you can't wear yourself out when you are still the person who's actually going through everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I think what you said about comparative suffering, I think that it's so important because every time you're going through the hardest thing you've ever gone through, it's fine to admit that it's the hardest thing you've ever gone through. You know, you don't have to apologize for having had many blessings in your life, which have led to this being the hardest thing, you know, like, Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that that this is one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. Like, I'm so blessed that that is my case. Um, and, I, and I don't need to, yeah, I don't need to, like, apologize for God's blessings in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I think it's so beautiful that people were, like, your parents came to support you and people were making meals. Like, what do you think was, like, the reaction that worked the best for you? Like, like say that you were talking to someone for the first time and you're like, Hey, I like have some news. Like in what ways did people, do you feel like people really, um, responded well to that? And then do you think there were any responses that were kind of like, Oh, okay. Dokie. Like that wasn't (laughs) super duper helpful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. And I mean, I think like, obviously all depends on the person's temperament, but I think for me, what was really helpful is when I inevitably started to downplay what was going on as soon as I told someone, when the person said, no, but that's really hard. You know, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. Like, I, I can't believe you're having to go through this. I think that reaction was so helpful for me because it just made me feel like I didn't have to go on to my sort of like, oh, but it's going to be fine. Like, it's not a big deal, you know, and I just didn't feel like I had to do that. Um, So that was super helpful. People who just brought meals without asking a lot of questions, that was actually incredible. Um, Because I found it to be sort of draining when people were like, oh, you know, what what do you want? When can I bring it? Like, what Mm -hmm. day is best? And I was sort of coordinating all these logistics. Um, So it was awesome when people were just like, hey, I made, you know, whatever. I made soup. I'm going to bring you some. That was awesome. And I mean, (laughs) this sounds so uh, obvious, but I think that with cancer, the immediate reaction is, oh, you're not going to die. Okay, good. And that's kind of like, you know what I mean? It is. Yeah. I think the reaction is like, well, anything, you know, of course you're going to have to go through a lot, but you're not going to die. So, and people kind of like stop there, which is totally understandable because obviously, like, unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, very tragic outcomes to cancer. But I think, um, yeah, it just sort of dismisses the fact that often, like, 
much more than mine was, but these treatments are super hard on you, obviously. Um, and you know, you're still going through all of this, even if the ending is, is happy. So, um, yeah, just kind of walking with people, I think through what they're going through, even if you already know that the outcome is going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's like really great, really great things to think about, um, in terms of like how to, you know, show up for someone without adding to the burden of kind of what they're trying to do yes. through. And, <laughs> um, yeah, because I think, I, I think a lot of people get really scared to respond in the wrong way. Yes, like I've been totally. talking to, yeah, like a lot of friends about grief recently and that I think that people get so scared they're going to respond the wrong way that they don't engage and mm -hmm. then that hurts. But it's like, honestly, sometimes the best thing is just to be able to be like, Hey, like I'm here, I'm here. Yeah. And like, I'm walking with you in this. And I know that this is awful. Um, and I want you to feel like loved and supported and uplifted, like by me being here. Right. Um, and I think like probably as well, like it's been, you said just like about a year since mm -hmm. everything started. Um, I mean, yeah. Having people like follow up, you know, in the months after yeah. I'm sure was also helpful to be like, totally. Hey, how are you doing? Like, how is this? You know, I know it's been a few months. Like, how are you feeling? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, you're still in it. Right. Yeah. And that's a thing I think is just, of course, like once the official process is over, it totally makes sense that other people aren't thinking about it. But yeah, like just the other day, one of my friends, um, one of my good friends Venmoed me was like, you know, celebrating that you were diagnosed a year ago. And oh. it was just so sweet. You know, I was like, I didn't expect anyone to remember this. And it was so thoughtful. And yeah, it made me feel like, yeah, you know, I did go through a lot of stuff in the last year. And even though it's nothing compared to what many people have gone through in the last year, it was still hard. And, you know, I can still be proud of myself for getting through it, you know, like, mm -hmm. that's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm so glad you have so many wonderful people around you. Like, as yes, you should. I'm like people so who, blessed. Yeah, I love you. And you had also been in DC, what, like maybe a year at that point? Yeah, like a year, I guess like a year and a half at okay, that point. Okay. Yeah. So that was awesome. I mean, people that we hadn't really even known for that long were just so, so awesome throughout the whole process. Mm, I love that. I think that, yeah, it's, I mean, I think DC is a great community of people, so I'm not super surprised, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'm so glad. And I'm so glad that you're, that you're doing better and that, um, Thank you. you know, I'm sure that there's like continued, continued healing and processing and, um, yeah, I just like, I'm so grateful that you shared kind of your experience and your story. And I think a lot of people will get a lot out of this. Um, well, thank you. Whether it's yeah. just you know, how to respond and like how to love people well where they are. Totally. Yeah. And I think just, I don't know. I think, I think everybody has those things in their life where they think, oh, well, I don't want to talk about this because this other person that I know is going through something so much worse. Mm -hmm. And, you know, while of course you have to be prudent and like you don't want to be totally uh, taking all of the attention when it's not appropriate. <laughs> um, like the people around you want to be for there for you. And like, you would never say to a friend, Oh, well, you know, I don't want to hear about this because of this other bad thing going on. Like, that's not how we are. And I think we just don't, we don't see things the same way when it's ourselves, of course. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, just remembering that you can, you can let people into these things and, and you don't have to apologize for it. Yeah. And it shows strength. Like, I think it shows a lot of strength to be able to be like, I need some help and I'm feeling kind totally. of weak and 
I, you know, thought I could handle this in a certain way and I'm needing more support than I thought. Um, so yeah, I think that shows a lot of strength. Oh, did I lose you? Come back. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Wait, can it's you probably me? me. Yeah, I got you. Can you hear me? Okay. Now I can. Yeah. Sorry. That was weird. It's okay. My things have recently been doing that a bit, but, um, anyway, I was just saying it's okay, strong cool. to ask for help. Yeah, totally. I think so. And, um, yeah, and sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, totally. Um, all right. Well, before we wrap up, I have a final <laughs> question for you, which is what is working for you lately? I love this question. Um, so this is probably going to sound really dumb, but I'm one of those people who like, I want my schedule to be a certain way and I want it to be super consistent. And like, I really have had it in my head that working out at six o'clock in the morning is like the only way to work out. And so I was constantly failing at going to the <laughs> gym because like the number of times that I arrive at the gym by 6am is not that many. <laughs> um, and so recently I, um, got a pure bar membership and I've been going in the evenings and it has like changed my life to just be fine with going to the gym after work, which again, I know that sounds so ridiculous, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Just like letting something actually work with my schedule instead of holding myself to this ideal that I'm like never actually going to, uh, achieve has been super good for me. Um, and also just being okay with like, okay, usually I go on Tuesday evenings, but this Tuesday evening, I have something else going on. So I'm going to go in the morning, which is like not how I like to operate with things that need to be consistent in my life. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I don't know. That's probably most people realized this long ago, but that's been huge for me lately. <laughs> yeah. First of all, love Pure Bar. Secondly, yeah, I feel I, so I get a new schedule every every this is my last semester of business school yes yay. and I know wild but last semester I had class like two days a week so I was just free as a bird I had nothing to amazing. do amazing this semester I'm in class nine to three every day oh which my has gosh wrecked me because it's like <laughs> yeah. either I wake up super early to like go for a run or yep. and I have stuff planned like every night like there's like happy hours and dinners and events and like I'm just I'm like dying right now because I'm like oh, when no. am I supposed to exercise like but it is, it takes, I've been trying to give myself a lot of grace of like, okay, this schedule is different. Yes. Um, I was like complaining to my dad and he was like, well, that's work. Like you're going to be back at work and you're going to have to be somewhere <laughs> from nine to five every day. I, and I, I was, was thinking, like, I was like, I don't like being, having to be somewhere for eight hours a day is a long time. <laughs> I know. I've like totally reverted to this life where I'm like, what do you mean? I have to be somewhere like every day, all day. So, um, so funny. stay tuned for how that transition goes. But, but yes. Yeah, so I was like, I was like, okay, this is, I guess, good. Cause I can start practicing. Yeah. You can like, ease in. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah this is I can't believe like. you ran a marathon during all of that. I um, ran a marathon while I was working from home and that was hard enough, but yeah, yeah, I cannot imagine doing that while you're in school. I will say doing it during school was, I think easier just because I could run during the day. Whereas like, yeah, that's mind here, she had to like get up at, at like five 30 or Five to run these like you know 10 when like near the end on a Wednesday oh, yeah, when you're running run like 10 miles 16 miles yeah <laughs> as you know you're just like this is absolutely insane who does this to themselves um just crazy people but <laughs> but yeah so that was nice but I'm trying to do it again this year we'll see oh good for you I was just gonna ask are you gonna like. be a one-time girl or I'm a one-time girl I've decided <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly I, I'm letting I'm letting the Lord decide because I put my name in for the rap for the lottery oh okay, and there's like a 10% chance you get it 
it's very okay. well. So okay, I was that's like, good. Yeah. That's good. Then you can, yeah. If I don't get chosen, then I guess I'm a one-time girl. And if I do get chosen, <laughs> I'm going to have to start running again. But um, <laughs> it was really one of the coolest experiences ever. And um, it was also like record-breaking heat. It was just like a mess. Oh, my gosh. So because it was such a mess, I'm like, wait, I could run this again. And the weather would not be this bad. And I could run yeah. so much faster. So that's like part yeah. of it. It's like, oh, I could go That faster. makes a huge difference. What month is it in again? What month did you do it? November. Oh, November. Okay. Yeah, and it was I did 70 mine. degrees. Yeah, that's crazy. It was truly a nightmare. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I did mine end of October, but it was actually perfect running weather. It was like a little bit rainy and a good temperature. I love that. Did you yeah, do the Marine nice. Corps one? Well, so I was supposed to do the Marine Corps, but it, they had canceled it because of COVID. So I, my husband and I both ran it, but we just ran it like on the, um, basically we ran from like up in Maryland down to Georgetown. So like through Great Falls. Yeah, it was, I would, I would like to do a longer race, maybe not a full marathon. Cause as I said, I think that was a one-time thing, but um, <laughs> maybe a half. Cause I do think not having the crowd was hard. You oh, know, when yeah, you're yeah. at like mile 20 and you're just by yourself on this trail in the woods and you're like, why am I doing this? You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that'd be fun at some point, but um, yeah, I mean, it was kind of like a unique thing. We had his mom, um, his mom was in town, which was awesome because we underestimated like how many stops we would need to make for water. And so it was super fun. She was our sort of like pit crew, you know, she would come onto the trail, like every time we were about to hit it and give us water and stuff. And then she'd like go drive to the next spot. It was really fun. <laughs> That's so sweet. That's really fun. Yeah, yeah. it was great. I, I, th- I think I truly only survived mine because of the crowd. So, um, if you ever get it again, but I do think, I think like a half marathon is the perfect length. I think a half marathon is like, yeah, I think so too. Decent amount of time. To it's run. like a challenge, but it's doable and you don't, yeah, you're not doing those, uh, 15 mile Wednesday morning runs, which are. Yeah. The training hard. runs were the, the craziest part, but, um, yeah. anyway, love a little tangent on what's working. Yeah. Us, yeah. But, there you um, go. <laughs> yeah. I'm not marathon training right now. It's as it definitely turns out. <laughs> not running. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you for joining us the day after your birthday. Um, oh, yeah. I'm so thank excited about this year me. for you. Thank it's going to be great. You too. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, thanks for, thanks for coming. I'm so excited to share this. Thank you so much, Jane. If you liked it, if you enjoyed it, if you learned something, we would be so appreciative if you shared it with a friend. Shoot it in a text, post it on social media, whatever you want to do. Sharing these episodes helps more people find them. And while you're doing that, if you could rate and review these episodes, that would also be so appreciated. If you're looking for more, you can follow us on Instagram at the Sunday Monday underscore or visit us online at www.thesundaymonday.co where we have tons of articles and free resources designed to help you be bold in your faith, work, and life. Until next time, thanks so much for being here. Get back to work. I love you all. Bye. Bye.